What do you do if you're stuck in a job you hate? Well, for starters, it looks like you're not alone. We'll have advice about how to fall back in love with your work or plot your escape. You're listening to The Profit Margin with First Trust Bank. Hello, welcome to The Profit Margin with me, Naomi McMullen and Jamie DeLargy. Well, you know that awful, creeping Sunday night dread that grabs you by the guts? Well, Sinead Brady from A Career to Love coaches people who've run into problems. I spoke to her via Skype and asked her how people can find the joy again for their job. Begin to look at your job with fresh eyes or your career with fresh eyes and begin to catch yourself doing things that you enjoy at your work. And sometimes it may be one or two small things that are clouding your judgment about your work or about your environment. And if you begin to, if you journal, you begin to see the things that you're enjoying. And perhaps when you begin to see that, you reframe the way you look at it. The second thing I would say to you is if you're fundamentally unhappy in your role, begin to plan a way out. Begin a strategy whereby you can exit your career in a couple of months or in a year or in 18 months, whatever it is that you need and say, okay, so I'm giving myself 18 months to make a change. What do I need to do now to make sure that that change is transit, that transition is as smooth as possible? Begin to network outside of your professional group. Go to Meetup. So meetup.com is brilliant for giving you opportunity to meet people that are looking for job change in exactly the same way that you are. Talk to people or maybe pick up a free course. So for example, futurelearn.com, Naomi, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it is a university website that offers six-week courses, between three and six-week courses that are free to professionals to access. They will allow you to explore a particular area that you might be interested on. So the photography courses on there. They have set up your own business course on there. And if you're thinking about changing job, they also have interview tips, um, a four week course on interview tips. And those courses are all offered by universities around Ireland and the UK. And Sinead, obviously, I assume you're doing a job that you love. Yes. How busy are you, though? Because people will be listening and thinking, really, are there so many people out there who want to shift career or maybe don't know what next step to take? I know me. I'm I have to say um, the number of people that are in the position whereby they want to choose change or transition in their career is immense or need to manage the stress. Their wellness at work is is absolutely huge. So and I have people traveling from all over Ireland to me. So I have clients from Limerick, Cork, Galway, Belfast. Um, and I'm also taking consultations on Skype. I have um, American, Australian and Spanish clients currently active at the moment. Sinead Brady there. Well, we all know that the details of Brexit have yet to be hammered out. Another area of uncertainty for some companies may be how the changes in corporation tax could impact their business. SMEs in Northern Ireland are set to benefit. But what about if half your work is done in GB? How will that be taxed? Jamie spoke with Neville Crow from EY. We had a situation where uh, SMEs had been expecting to benefit hugely from the reduction in corporation tax and indeed even though they were going to receive some sort of a boost it maybe wasn't going to be as great for some of them. Now can you put that all into context what exactly was the predicament they were finding themselves in? 
The original regime for the Northern Ireland Corporation tax rate meant that SMEs were either wholly in or wholly out of the regime. So the issue some larger SMEs uh, would have faced is if they had some operations outside of Northern Ireland, that meant that all of their profits would be taxed at the main rate rather than at the new Northern Ireland rate. Okay, so the HMRC did listen to the lobbying that was conducted uh, on behalf, if you like, of the SMEs, and they have changed the legislation or changed their operation. Now, what is that going to do for a company which, largely speaking, does pretty much all its business in Northern Ireland, but maybe does uh, a little bit of uh, work across the water? So the original regime is still there. If you do the vast majority of your activities in Northern Ireland, you will still wholly qualify for the new rate, which is great. That, that's kept in place. The change is that if you have less than three quarters of your activities and workforce in Northern Ireland, let's say Scotland or England, then um, you can now still benefit from the regime by electing into it so that your activities in Northern Ireland qualify separately for the new rate. So it's good news that HMRC have listened uh, to both uh, industry and the tax profession as part of the lobbying last year. Well, give me an example. Let's say a company which does half its work in Northern Ireland and half across the water in GB. What is going to be the implication for it under this new reformed regime? So in that example, half of its profits its activities will be taxed at the normal UK rate, which will be 17% from 2020. And the other half that's in Northern Ireland will now be eligible to be taxed at the Northern Ireland rate, which should be 12.5% from April 18. Whereas previously, in that example, everything would be taxed at the higher rate. That sounds like a huge boost. And, and, and indeed, just the reduction to 12.5%, assuming that that is the rate, will be a boost to the SME sector. Can you quantify what it's going to mean for them, the whole of the, that sector, as it were? The, the, the big question for me is, what will that windfall for Northern Ireland companies be used for? So we did survey Northern Ireland companies last year on this point, and the overwhelming majority were going to use the extra cash generated to both invest in uh, machinery, infrastructure, and their own processes, and also in people and employees. Inevitably, some money will be taken out and extracted from businesses as part of this. But it was very encouraging to see that investment in what's happening in Northern Ireland was absolutely the the, uh, the key driver for um, SMEs going forward. Some uh, individuals, maybe some groupings, may be inclined to incorporate to, in other words, create companies to take advantage of the, the new lower tax rate. Do you think that's going to happen on a sizable scale? I actually think that those who were thinking about that have probably already done so. Uh, the corporation tax rates are already attractive in the UK. This makes it even more attractive. So it will it will make sense generally to think about incorporation um, as part of what you do uh, in business going forward. But I would say that most businesses now operate in a way that enables them to benefit from these lower rates. We've been broadly speaking about very positive developments, certainly for the SME sector. But what has happened, which is slightly, if you like, depressing, is that 
the UK rate is coming down so that that means that the gap between what we hope to offer and what would be the UK rate is diminishing. Now, uh, that is, as I say, an unfortunate development. How do you assess that and how do you think we should respond to that? I'm talking about the broader economy, not just, of course, the SME sector. To put this in the original context, we began lobbying and talking about the Northern Ireland Corporation tax rate really in earnest from about 2010. At that point in time, the UK Corporation tax rate was 28%, and the, the Northern Ireland rate was being discussed again at around 12.5%, so the differential was enormous. That differential in itself was the big headline that possibly by itself could have brought in much more foreign direct investment and uh, activity to Northern Ireland. With the rate differential shrinking massively, Northern Ireland needs to have other things to also attract investment. So no longer is it the single flagship, it's one of a suite of measures that need to be used. Those other things will need to include upskilling the workforce ensuring that the universities are geared up to create the graduates and employees we need going forward. There will likely be more freedom for other types of support from government uh, in a a post-Brexit world. But equally, um, we need to advertise these in the right way for Northern Ireland to make sure that the world sees what we have to offer. Because the differential has diminished uh, to a great degree, some may be wondering whether the game is still worth pursuing. In other words, whether it's even worth uh, reducing our corporation tax rate to 12.5%. In my view, the answer is firmly yes. There were two reasons to pursue this from day one. The first is to enable autonomy for Northern Ireland to actually set its own rate. That's now in place. And the second was, what rate will we choose? So at the moment, we're looking to align um, with Ireland at a 12.5% rate, but actually we can choose whatever rate we we want to going forward. And even at 12.5%, it's worth pursuing because it brings in a big headline for investment among a suite of measures that we can then use to attract investment into Northern Ireland. Here's hoping anyway. You're listening to The Profit Margin with First Trust Bank. Now it's startup time. This week we're going to hear from ClinyShare. They're involved in clinical communications. Essentially, they make software that helps link the sharing of health information between labs, hospitals and researchers. Here's Andrew Cuthbert. I'm the CEO of ClinyShare. So what's the problem ClinyShare are trying to address? We all have immense amounts of healthcare information, which generally we do not have access to personally. We can't intervene in our daily lives, change how we live in terms of lifestyle, or access key clinical information. Clinisher makes all that possible by allowing for the sharing of information between institutions, organizations, individuals, and researchers. Clinisher's key customers generally exist outside the UK, so at private markets, the likes of uh, Brazil, Malaysia, Uh, countries like that and we actually sell directly mainly would you believe to laboratories so that's our our core markets but essentially that's expanding to hospitals clinics and other types of organizations where health information again is pretty critical and can be visualized and we can maybe explain a bit better for the patient clinishare's website is www.clinishare.net and if you want to send us an email probably best to info at clinishare.net 
Well, if you'd be interested in pitching your business, get in touch. You can contact us on Twitter at The Profit Margin or on Facebook at The Profit Margin or email me, Naomi, N-A-O-M-I, at theprofitmargin.co.uk. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Profit Margin with First Trust Bank. 